Interactive. I am one of your hosts, Raquel, and I am here with Khalil. Hello. Hello. Um, sadly, we do not have a Henning this week. Um, he's uh, he's off at, at a um, a conflict resolution retreat with Evil Henning to see if they can't, you know, come together and and understand each other just a little bit better. And maybe Evil Henning won't be so evil. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, they're I try, think so They're too. trying to work it out. I think out. so too. I mean, look, if, if Henning and Evil Henning can work it out, right, then yeah. I think world peace is achievable. I mean, that, it would be immediate word, world, world peace, world peace, if that happens. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if, if you break it down, you always end, in the end, you always end with Henning and Evil Henning. So if they can, re- that's the, like the ultimate source of all... Uh, you know mm. conflict so if they like it's it's just right there at the heart of everything and if they can create this peace then suddenly uh everything will resolve itself into flowers that sounds good that sounds very good i support this very good so so we okay. we yeah so we so we support henning uh, in this um endeavor and that's why, um, yeah, that's why he's not here today. Yep. And we're still so, doing the show. So that's right. That's right. Because this is what Henning would want. Yes, that's what he would want. Actually, I'm sure he said that at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway. Anyway, do we have an animal for him, uh, or do um, we don't need it? Today? I, I mean, not not yet. No. No, it's fine. <laughs> we don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> maybe we'll come with them before the end of the, the episode but yeah sure uh, yeah but what's new what's exciting oh what's, uh, what's yeah happening uh what's new what's exciting so there's a lot of exciting stuff on the internet going on yes yes um yes. but to be quite honest um it has all passed me by so <laughs> okay all right well um i can tell you so today npm uh released a blog post uh about a a security issue that happened um the internet was a twitter yesterday um there was somebody who created a module called cross env which is very similar to another module called cross hyphen env um and uh, so we've known this for a while, right? Like, like think of it as, as a potential security issue in which, um, somebody decides to create a module that is very similarly named, maybe with a typo, mm-hmm. uh, to another module that you might use. And, um, and so like people are human and they will make mistakes on typos. Yes. And, um, and, and that's just normal human behavior. Uh, but there are sadly some malicious actors out there who want to take advantage of your human nature and um, <laughs> and and basically try to do something evil. So this is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a malicious actor who has taken a bunch of of modules that are very popular um, and found like basically created new modules that are very similar. Um, have like 
So for example, in this case, cross-env um, took out the hyphen, totally reasonable, understandable thing, um, and or maybe put it in a hyphen, I forget, but whichever. Um, and it actually has, it has the same exact code as the regular package, but there's a little piece of extra code, code where it, uh, it'll steal your environment variables and then send it to, um, a, a website called like hack something. It was very, very malicious. Uh-huh. Um, I can tell you exactly where it went. Um, it went to a place called hack task. So basically what they were trying to do was steal people's environment variables, which on the surface might sound like not that big a deal, but if you think about uh, continuous integration services, you might have like API keys in your environment variables there or um, tokens or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's bad. Um, So anyway, so we've, we've gotten rid of all of those modules. We've blocked that user. Um, it's of course not enough to simply block the user and even block their email because in this day and age you can get email addresses for free. Um, Mm -hmm. so basically folks be, be careful when you're installing modules. Um, we're doing the best we can. We can't go through every single module and ensure that it is perfectly safe and secure. But if you see something that is malicious, please let us know security at npmjs.com. Uh, we respond to those pretty much immediately because it's really important to us um, and we don't want people to be caught unawares by bad people. Mm-hmm. So so that's a thing mm-hmm. that happened. Okay, wow. Yeah, uh, I also saw actually somebody on Twitter was uh, a little bit snarky about it, but they were talking about a security issue that they were seeing with the NPX uh mm-hmm. thing because basically that's exactly it's it, you're even more vulnerable to right. to those installs when you use npx because you can use npx and then and then uh type in a module name or package name that that you have not installed yet and, and then npx will install it for you and mm-hmm. that means yeah it, it's even easier for these malicious right. packs to packages to to get onto your system Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was wondering, is there anything that you could, is there anything that could be done to prevent something like that? I mean, you would um, have to do, you would have to have some, almost some, some sort of, uh, you know, mach- machine learning going on where maybe NPM could, could, um, if you type something, Actually, I was thinking maybe the NPM client would have to have some sort of an intelligent intelligence and, and basically guess that you mistyped something and then say, mm-hmm. uh, did you mean blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Like so there, there's, a, there's actually a, an algorithmic way of, uh, there's a thing called a Levenstein distance, um, which is if you take two words you can calculate the Levenstein distance. It's, it ends up being some number um, that basically says these two words are really similar, like really similar. Mm-hmm. So um, you could say, for example, um, we could, for example, and, and what we might do is we might take the top 1,000 modules, right, or whatever, something. This is all programmatic, so it doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. let's say we take the most popular modules um, and you know, your expresses, your, uh, uh, standard, whatever. Um, 
and we basically say, okay, if there are any, if anybody tries to create a module that is a Levenstein distance less than say five or something. Um, so maybe instead of express, it's a, you know, express with only one S or mm. something like that. Mm. Um, and we just say, sorry, that is too similar to an extremely popular package. Mm. Um, you cannot publish, mm-hmm. um, you know, change your name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's something that we can do. Um, and we're looking into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as to now, the big question is where do we put it, right? Like, do we put that on, uh, in the CLI? Do we put that in the registry itself? Mm-hmm. Um, that's TBD. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like having any sort of machine learning for dis- determining if a module is, uh, malicious. Um, we are working with a company called Smite, S-M-Y-T-E, mm-hmm. uh, that does automated spam detection. And so okay. they've actually helped us already identify a bunch of spam packages. For some reason, people are really keen on putting phone numbers for help desk sorts of things as spam all over the registry. What? Um, okay. Yeah, I know. It's like 1-800 blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we've, we've been getting rid of those um, okay. because those are they follow a pretty common pattern, and we can we can block those pretty easily. Malicious code, however, is a little bit harder to detect um, because sometimes people make brand new modules that just do like you know console.log boom, right? And like that's not actually malicious. That's just somebody trying to learn and understand how things work. Um, we've seen some code that'll like execute Google analytics code. And like that one's a little bit shady, right? It's a little bit gray area. It's like Google analytics. It's not actually malicious. It's just kind of creepy. Um, so it's like, uh, where does that fall on that, on that, you know, side of things. Um, and then actually executing malicious code that requires a human to take a look at it. I'm sure we could probably come up with, um, other sorts of things. Now, another thing that we, we've also partnered with the no security project over at lift security. Um, and Mm -hmm. they have every single module that's ever been published. Um, and they, they have like shawsums and, and all sorts of cool nifty features that they've got in house. And what they can do is they can take a snippet of, of code and compare it like check it across all of the modules and see if there are any other modules that have that same snippet of code. And then they can alert us and say, Hey, wait a second. Like these 15 modules are all doing the same thing and it's all malicious. Nuke them all. And we go Roger that. And we nuke them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's, there's lots of little ways that we can do it. There's unfortunately no like very simple way to say no more spam and no more, no more malicious code. It's, it's, we would have to like have somebody look at it every single module, which people are publishing modules like <laughs> multiple times. Like we're getting, I think it's like when I first started, people were publishing once every two minutes. I think that's changed significantly. <laughs> it's now like, like once every two seconds or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are publishing a lot and there's no way any, any group of humans could really go through and, and check to see if it's malicious or not. So, um, just beware and, um, like check out a package page before you, before you install a thing, make sure you're not doing a typo, um, stuff like that. So, 
you know, it's the internet. Yeah. Be careful. Be well, careful. It's good to know that you're that you're working on all that stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because we care. We don't want it to be broken. Um. So yeah, so that's happening. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last week I went to Node Summit, um, mm. my last conference of the year. So ah, officially, uh, you're out officially of conferences. Officially, the last one. I'm done with conferences for 2017. <laughs> I'm so excited. Nice. Um, and uh, I got to MC the event, which was really fun. Oh, um, nice. Got to hang out with lots of really cool people, and um, uh, and actually, so. I, I sat down, like we, we had like seven minutes, 10 minutes or something, um, where like one of the tracks was behind and then, um, I was on the main stage and we were, we were done and we were waiting to kind of like, cause everything, everyone was going to be coming together to the main stage again. So we needed to give people a little bit of time to move from the tracks that were going a little bit long to get into the, into the main stage, um, auditorium. And so I got to sit down and and chat with uh, one of the conference organizers, Charles Beerler, and we talked a lot about NPM Enterprise. And so Node Summit, just for background, is um, an enterprise-focused Node conference. So really, the big names of like PayPal and um, and eBay and Microsoft and Google and Netflix, like you know, big names, lots of really cool companies. Um, talking really about Node in the enterprise, which, you know, six years ago would have been a silly idea. A lot of people were like, uh, yeah, right. But now, like, these companies are really using Node and they want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this conference is for them. Anyway, so we're sitting down, we're talking about NPM Enterprise, and then, like, we kind of finish with that. And then um, Charles says, you know, hey, does anybody else have questions for Raquel? You know, like, let's, you know, we're, we're just hanging out, waiting for people to fill in. And... It was super awesome. There was one person uh, who, who like rose his hand and was like, "Hey Raquel, you seem really cool. I would love to hear you every week. Uh, is there any chance that you do like a podcast or something?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I did not plant this mole. I didn't. I totally didn't." <laughs> um, but he is a regular listener, so shout out to to Joseph Doyle over nice. at Node Source. Um, who was just like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta like, you know, promote reactive. I love reactive. And I was like, you're awesome. And that's I was like, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So, cool. so I was just like, that's right. You know, I am on a podcast every week. It's called reactive. You can check us out at reactive.audio. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, this was like the greatest, like, you know, uh, <laughs> it was it was just fantastic. It was super super cool. That's so cool. so shout out and um, that's another that's another, more proof that our listeners are awesome. They are. They really really are. And it's super cool because I've every conference I've been to, there's been a reactive listener at just nice. by happenstance. Like uh, like, I mean, I would like to think that people, you know, find out that I'm going to be at at a, at a conference and then they're like you know i really want to meet raquel and then they Mm -hmm. pay all the monies to go to the conference or they convince their employers to let them go or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they come and meet me Mm -hmm. i'm sure that's what really happens yeah of course or maybe not (laughs) definitely definitely that's how that's how it works 
yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's pretty fun. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one of the coolest things I saw at that conference, um, Paul Irish came in and talked about using the Chrome debugger for debugging node, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. I hadn't seen that before, mostly because I'm a manager now and I don't get to code. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, whoa, you're using like the Chrome debugger, but with your backend node code. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So, yeah, it is cool. Yeah. So when that video comes out, I'll, I'll make sure we share it. But how does that work? So you have some backend code Mm -hmm. and then, and then, uh, so how does the, how does the integration work? Is it, is it integrated in the editor that you're using or do you have to install a node package or, uh, no. Okay. So it's, it's actually in node. And you do like a an ex- like you you just add a command line parameter so like a dash dash I forget the exact syntax mm-hmm. you do a dash dash like you know debugger or something mm-hmm. um, and then it, you'll get like a little message that's like hey you can you can launch the debugger at this URL and it's like a local host URL okay. and then uh, and then you click on that and then you can do like an inspect. And you can go into the console and you can like put breakpoints and all sorts of things. Um, okay. And it's really, really neat. And actually what's also, which I thought was even cooler was that if you say have a node environment already or like a node process already running, you can start up a new node process and just get the PID of the process that, that is running. And then you can start the debugger, on the process that's already running. Um, so you can like, you can peek into your code that's already running. So let's say you have code in production or something like mm. that. And you just want to like, uh, you just want to inspect, see what the heck is going on while it's already running. You can do that. You don't have to like restart everything just to start the debugger. You can, oh. you can throw the debugger in kind of. That sounds um, incredibly yeah. useful. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> wow. So is this something new yeah. or has this been around for a while? I think it's so I think they there was a Google what's Google's big conference that they do every year? Like their big Google conference, whatever. Um so they presented Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Google mm-hmm. IO. So I think they, they presented the PR <laughs> that they were putting into node, um, at Google IO. And mm-hmm. then a few weeks later it, it was merged. Oh, so okay. it's only been around for a little bit, not, not that long, only since mm-hmm. Google IO, which I think was what May or something. Mm-hmm. So it's only been around for a few months. Um, and so I was really stoked to see it. I was like, that is super cool. Um, so I will be sharing that as soon as the videos come out, which will be sometime in the next couple of weeks, I think. I mm-hmm. hope. Mm-hmm. Well, and Paul, Paul Irish came out to talk. That's that's cool. I mean, he, you don't see him a lot at all anymore. I, I think no. I saw he he was talking at um you know like Paul Irish was a, there was a point in time. I mean, he was everybody's like favorite mm-hmm. de- JavaScript tutorial developer whatever right Uh, and but he was really like seriously the one developer that had the biggest influence on me at a certain point in time when i was 
learning uh, yeah. from the JavaScript and jQuery stuff. And he did those videos, you know, 10 things I learned about while mm -hmm. uh, fr from reading jQuery code or something like that. And <clears throat> his talks on um, performance and how to do, how to use jQuery properly and all this stuff. There was mm -hmm. so many, so many things or modernizer, The, that modern, he made Modernizer with some, well, he didn't make it, but he had a talk on Modernizer or something, <clears throat> Modernizer.js. And there was so many things that were so eye-opening and he had a really concise and good way to present it. It was very influential for me. So he was yeah. really, really... And I, and I met him a couple of times. He uh, So at some point years ago, I mean, this must have been like four years ago or so, uh, he, I was tweeting at him or something. Uh, and, and then he saw that I was in Stuttgart and he said, Hey, um, you live in Stuttgart. My brother is stationed in Stuttgart because we have, you know, a U.S. army base yeah. here. Yeah. And so he said his brother was stationed there and I'm, I visit him like every, every year or something. And so this was the last year he would come to visit his brother because it was the last year his brother would be there. And then, and then, and then I w I'm like, so, Hey, cool. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, like if, if you want to, if you want to, you know, do something or come to some, I, I don't know, like I was, what was I, what was I suggesting? Maybe to do a meetup, I think. Yeah. To, to do a meetup, um, in Stuttgart, you know, with Paul Irish and just JavaScript heads or something. And, um, so we're talking about that. And at some point the smashing magazine guys got wind of it. And then they created a huge meetup in Stuttgart. I <laughs> <laughs> took it on the big smashing mag swooped in and they meet, but they made a cool event. I mean, there was, um, uh, oh man, what's his name again? I haven't, I haven't read his blog in a long time this this guy who was working for firefox before he had he has this long red hair he's he's like a developer oh, uh, evangelist christian yes Hi yeah, yeah christian Hyman. he was talking there paul irish was talking there and i think there was maybe somebody else or was it just the two i don't know and yeah they were like i don't know like 100 people or something it was in a cool location and everything and uh yeah so so we went there and uh, and we talked for brief minute or so and it was cool it was cool to meet him he's a really cool yeah. dude and he's super super cool i um i've <clears throat> met him a few times i remember the first time i met him um i was like i like so i knew rebecca murphy mm -hmm. um and i'd met adam sontag um and um And so, like, they were both part of the Yay Query podcast. Mm -hmm. There was, like, a huge podcast, like, Legendary. a video podcast. Legendary. Legendary. Um, <coughs> and it was called Yay Query, and it was, it was four people. Hey, who, they like, just had a reunion episode. Did you did you hear about did that? Did they? Yeah, oh, yeah. no, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's this podcast called Jay's Party, and they had a reunion. But oh, yes. Okay, <clears> cool. <throat> yeah, so anyways, I remember the first time I met Paul Irish, I was like, oh, I want to meet Paul Irish. And Rebecca was like, oh, I'll, I'll introduce you to him, no problem. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And so I got to meet him. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, I've met him like twice since, mm -hmm. and it's been years between each time. Mm -hmm. And every time he remembers my name. I don't know how awesome. he does it, but he's like, hey, Raquel, good to see you again. And I'm mm -hmm. like, how do you remember my name? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I talked to him for a little bit after, after his talk and, and he's like, yeah, I only do four talks a year now. So like, I was like, wow, this feels really special that like you got to like, you know, do this, uh, here at, at node summit. And, um, and then I got to introduce him and, um, and so that was, that was pretty cool. He's, he's definitely a legend, but I think he's also, you know, slowing down a little bit in terms of the, the public speaking, but he's, he hasn't slowed down at all on the like technical evangelism and like, mm. uh, writing tutorials and, and, you know, digging into the, cause he works on the, on the Chrome, uh, debugger and, and mm-hmm. dev tools. He works with dev tools and, and he's just super cool and really nice. And, mm. um, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Look at me. I'm fangirling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we, we all are when it comes to Paul. I know. And, uh, <laughs> I'm always wondering what he's doing now because he's not because he used to be so public with everything he was doing, yes. and then as soon as he went to Google, it slowed down a lot, and he was just kind of mm-hmm. feels like he's just heads down doing stuff there mm-hmm. and working on helping the the web to get better through Chrome. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm always wondering because you don't hear from him, so I'm always wondering, you know. Is, is he, is he like happy doing what he's doing or, you know? I think so. I think he is. I mean, I know he got married, um, a few years ago. And so mm-hmm. like, not to say that like when you get married, you slow down, but like <laughs> he might have like it, his, his priorities may have changed. A oh little yeah. Bit, that's you for know? sure. That's for and, sure. and so like, um, yeah. So I think like I came into this industry already married, so I was just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. My priorities have been the same the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just somehow it's so you like the whole time uh, I've been in this industry, I was just so used to, you know, him being so outspoken about mm-hmm. the JavaScript stuff and web development and stuff like his blog, you know, his, his blog was huge too, you know, mm-hmm. his blog posts, his videos, he was talking all the time and you would, you kind of, you kind of feel like you always knew what he was thinking. And right now I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> and that's confusing <laughs> to me. I don't know. What are you doing? What are you thinking? I don't know. Ah, um, <laughs> It's just so funny because I don't know It's really special with him for me personally, because mm-hmm. I don't feel that way with anybody else, you know? Yeah. No, I know. I mean, like no offense to Paul Irish, but that's how I feel about Rebecca Murphy. Right. Like, like okay, when cool. I, every time I see Rebecca Murphy give a talk, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to go see that talk. And like mm-hmm. her blog was hugely influential for me. She was actually the first, she was one of the first people I met in JavaScript. Actually, I think she was the first woman I met in JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that might've had like a huge impact for me just being like, Oh my God. I know who I could be when I grow up. I could be you. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so that was pretty huge. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so pretty exciting. Pretty. Ex- <laughs> That's cool. <gasps> anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, our little, little JavaScript baby selves. <laughs> yeah. All exactly. growing up, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like now there aren't quite, because the community has grown so much, you mm. don't have really like, you can't really point to one or two or even like five people who are like the big mm. influential people anymore. Mm. You know, like, it's like it's, it's gotten much more saturated with like thought leaders and, and stuff like that. And I think people have like the people that they care about, but not everybody can like, 
there aren't other Rebecca Murphys and Paul Irishes necessarily in the same way. Like Tom Dale, you could argue is like a pretty big name, but like if you don't do any Ember, mm. you might not know his name. Yeah. Um, and and so like it's it's like kind that. of split up in those camps into the framework mm. camps a little bit, right? And then yeah. also not only frameworks, but also then you also you have in the CSS world you have certain people in mm -hmm. web design you have certain people. Um, mm -hmm. and definitely, you know, the angular people have their people, the react people have their people who are influential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure that in those worlds, they are big to those people mm -hmm. that are really yeah. into that framework. Oh, absolutely. Specific framework. Absolutely. For, for me, because, but for me, it's just like you said, because also, I mean, I'm sure it's similar for you because you're not so deep in technology anymore anyway. And, and, and for me, because I'm not so because i'm when it comes to javascript frameworks i'm i'm I, i i know them all always look at all of them and try them out and everything and i'm not super loyal to just one of them and mm -hmm. super deep into one of them and that's why I also and you don't have that yeah you don't have you don't have anybody <laughs> that's kind of meta over that you know right like, right yeah. i mean maybe brendan ike but even then yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I know certainly in the Node community, like, you know, you have certain names. Sure, that's Node special, then, right? That's Node, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, so it's it's really entertaining. It's maybe it's just so because we, we don't see anybody because we're right, we're right there. We're at, we at the top. We're those people Oh, now. is that it? Yeah, oh, we took over. <laughs> yeah, so now that we're at the top, we can't see anybody above us. <laughs> There's nobody above us. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> this is so not true, by the way. To your listeners, this is not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> oh goodness. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, so that's that's what's been happening there. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. What else is going on? Oh man, I'm I'm just um, heads down at work and uh, refactoring um, a little application that we've been working on. And other people have been working on a different team. We took it over from a team, and we were also participating it. Uh, in it in the beginning and now it's kind of become it's it's basically just a registration form but it's a really complicated one and it is an angular application which i don't really think is necessarily really the best choice for registration form but in this case it is what it is and um <clears throat> and, and and it's it works and i mean the, for the form part it is really um The whole Angular stuff is really cool because they have lots of cool things when it comes to uh, working with forms and validation and everything. And But it has become quite a mess and I am currently wading through it and uh, in implementing a Redux, and a Redux pattern into it to make it a little bit more, to make the, the whole, the, 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 the how state is kept in that UI more functional and to isolate side effects And that's actually really fun. Hmm. I really enjoy refactoring for some reason. I really like that. <clears throat> really looking at like finding things that can be optimized and kind of bringing some sort of clarity into the code that makes it more maintainable is something that I really enjoy doing because, hmm. because it, I'm so frustrated by code that is messy that that you don't understand easily or even if you understand it you constantly have to keep track of so many things in your head that when you move up to, when you move away uh, when you move 
onto a different file, you have already forgotten what was important in the other file because everything is so mixed mm -hmm. up, you know. And <clears throat> and Redux is a really good tool to um, just to separate the things a little bit, to separate um, uh, responsibilities and uh, just the management of the how state mm -hmm. is managed and stuff like that because it doesn't live. In, in a component, you don't mix how the, the the mutation of the state with where the state is held and and then call APIs at the same time and stuff like that. It's just all neatly yeah put in its place and that's really cool. And I've I've been before that I've been evaluate evaluating um a few possibilities for that because there is uh, so in Angular there have Uh, they, they have a community project or a, repo a repository that is <clears throat> that is maintained by um, mainly one person, I think. And I don't think that he's working at Google or part of the Angular team. And it's the NGRX repository, and there's all kinds mm. of um, you know tool to basically little libraries that you can use with Angular in order to do stuff and and. One of them is like a Redux library that works with RxJS, so with reactive programming. And I've been, I, I looked at it, and I kind of find I, I I was not super happy with it. Like it was a little bit over engineered. There's like too many things you'd have to. It was too clever for me a little bit. Mm, <clears throat> you know clever. what? Clever. I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And. Uh, And it was making use of TypeScript to a very, uh, I would say, advanced degree also, and types and stuff. And it, it to, for me, it, I could have, you know, uh, gone into it and, and learn it um, a little deeper and, 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 and use it and stuff. But I really, I, I'm really turned off by, as soon as I get the feeling... I try to understand it and I and I understand it, how it works in general. And okay, you have to write the code like this and you have to do use this decorator there and then you have to but it just it just looked to me that there are so so many simple things that were in their best practices project that they had there. An example project with best practices. There were so many mm. things that were done so they were so more so much more elaborate than than I feel like they have to be uh, because I feel like that redux is actually an actually pretty simple pattern that doesn't need that much and uh, even the redux library from from um, what's his name again Dan Abramov <clears throat> and the implementation that they're using mm -hmm. in react I also find a little bit too much that's why a while ago I, I wrote my own rxjs redux library and um and i've been iterating on it and was in, in it and it i was very in, i was actually influenced by the ngrx library now because there were some ideas in there that i liked and and then also i was influenced by a little a little uh, repository called redux observable which actually which is from I think Ben Lesh and one of his ex-colleagues from Netflix, they, they built this little library that allows you to do asynchronous stuff in Redux with RxJS instead of just, you know, normal promises or whatever. And um, so with reactive programming and then have whatever comes back from the 
from the um, asynchronous operation that you're doing and the observable that comes back from that, it would then kind of feed an action back into the Redux pattern, which then, like that, it seamlessly integrates into Redux. And I took their ideas and just used that in my little thing. And... <clears throat> And so far, and and I've just been implementing that in our code, and and so far I really like it, and it's really straightforward and nice and and, and simple, as simple as it can be. But because it's not necessarily once you have to implement some some sort of a, a pattern like that into your code, it's not necessarily simple, so to speak, anymore. But but it is it is for me as as simple as it can be, and and. Um, it, that's that's fun. I like that. It's cool. It's very cool. interesting. And I'm planning on. I really, uh, since I enjoyed so much, I was thinking on uh, thinking about maybe to work to to put some more work into the the little library that I made and like really write some proper documentation with you know little examples and and maybe send out some whenever there's a conference coming my way maybe send in a, a talk proposition for that to, mm -hmm. to, you know stuff like that that's kind of cool. that's, that's kind of uh, has been do dominating my days when it comes to javascript and stuff recently oh poor thing <laughs> you have work to do yeah. so much work to do it's all good it's fun yeah no that's good yeah, yeah i've been super busy as well um just going through, uh, oh, just, you know, doing all the work, the work, um, <laughs> just all of it. I just do all the work. Um, that's good. But, uh, no, I have about mm, eight people reporting to me right now and eight? I'm about to add a ninth. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and so that's happening, mm -hmm. but, um, we, uh, we have, a uh, job opening, by the way, for oh, people. Cool. Um, we are hiring a project manager, ah, full-time project manager. Okay. Um, now, sadly, this is not uh, open to uh, like it. It needs to be somebody local. Um, so uh, somebody in the Bay Area, or at least uh, I feel like I'm about to get in trouble for this one, but willing to relocate to San Francisco. <laughs> um, there's like a big meme about that uh, recently. But anyway. Oh. Um, I missed that. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> then don't worry about it. Okay. Um, so so what yeah, are, so hey, what are you looking uh, looking for in a project manager? Does they do they have to be technical? Um, so uh, everything that we do at NPM is extremely technical. So somebody who's not afraid of that, right? Like you got to right. not be afraid of technical stuff. Um, I, for one, am very willing to explain things from like a, like, uh, I tell a lot of people that I, I may like be an engineer, um, but I, I store all of the technical knowledge, um, in the voice of a five-year-old in my brain. So I'm really good at explaining things like I'm talking to a five-year-old. Um, and so if, if you're willing to, like if the project manager is willing to dig into the technical stuff, um, that is totally cool. Um, somebody who is technical, but just really loves project management, um, would also do really, really well. 
Um, this is like this position is is interesting because unlike larger companies where you'll maybe have like a project manager for a team or a group or something like that, this project manager would be for the entire company. So it's it's oh. a huge job. Um, so every single project that we've got going on, like this person would need to keep track of all of it. Um, which fortunately we're a pretty small team. So there's not really more than like two or three really big projects happening at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, so it's not like, all right, you project manager, keep track of these 15 things, <laughs> 15 projects. And we need status updates on everything all the time. Uh, no, that'd be impossible. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, there's like, I think like right now there's two really big projects happening. Um, and then like a few smaller projects and then there's like lots of itty bitty little projects, but those are so self-managed that they're, they don't need like the oversight of a, of a project manager on those. Uh Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a big ask. Uh I'm, I know that finding this person is going to be tricky, Uh but if you know somebody who might fit the bill, like please ask them to apply. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's happening. That's happening. That's cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was asking the questions because um, I've come across some project managers that were managing technical projects, but don't, didn't really understand what it really entails to mm. to 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 to. to do that stuff and how you know what, it, mm-hmm. what does it entail to program a website and or a shop or whatever you're doing like yeah like when the programmer says no this will take this amount of time or it's important it would be important to do a refactoring or write tests and stuff like that this needs to be mm-hmm. i think uh, project managers should have some sort of an idea why that is important for especially right. kind of long-lived projects and stuff. And mm-hmm. and I met, you know, a bunch of them that just didn't be, and and they they weren't capable really to understand it because well, they would have been they're capable but they just never really dove into the technical part enough in my opinion mm-hmm. for them to really get a sense for it because it's really difficult to get a sense for it. When just somebody explain mm-hmm. when somebody just explains it to you, you have to kind of experience right. it to a certain degree in order to get a feeling, right? It's it's really right. hard to just yeah. imagine how much yeah. complication uh, you know occurs in a in a programming project and and um, it all seem it always seems easy. I mean, developers do those make those mistakes all the time too, right? That they say, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. this the feature is I can do this quickly, and then it takes ten months. Right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God. but it's true. It's totally true. Uh, I've, I've I've definitely seen that. <laughs> definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely somebody who has experience doing this stuff. Um, this is probably not the right role for somebody who's like, uh, I'm looking to branch into project management. Like, I support people looking to branch into project management. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, but this this role really needs somebody who's done this for a while because um, the this project manager is going to get thrown into the deep end mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be an interesting challenge uh, for somebody who's been doing this for a while. If if you're brand new to it, it's gonna 
<laughs> like it, it, it's just going to suck. It's yeah. going to suck for somebody suck who's brand new to it. And I don't yeah. want people to hate their jobs. So, yeah. Um, that. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. <clears throat> okay. Don't hate your job. So yeah. Good to know. Everybody knows. Send in yeah. your applications. Exactly. Good. Send those in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think of what else has been going on. Ooh, okay. So this is kind of cool. Um, so okay, I've 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 thought of a of an animal, by the way. Um, so NPM has recently adopted a wombat, like an actual real live wombat, um, in Australia. Um, there is a there's this really amazing. So all over Australia, there are sanctuaries for animals. Um, who maybe have gotten hurt or, um, you know, have been abandoned or or whatever. Um, And so we found this one place called Sleepy Burrows Wombat Sanctuary. It's just outside of Sydney. And and it's just this really lovely place where the owners will take in wombats who, you know, need an extra hand or need some help. And they, they try to get them... Uh, you know, recuperate them to go back into the wild. They, they rehabilitate them. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have adopted this really adorable little wombat, a little baby wombat named Teacup. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's super cute because she's like really, really tiny. Because um, she she's like too young to be outside of her mother's pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but her mother is nowhere be found so mm-hmm. um so there's some really cool so that's like a, a fun thing so oh. some wombat facts uh yeah, in yeah, honor yeah. little teacup um so i I'm, I'm pretty sure i've already shared these wombat facts before but uh i know them off the top of my head so um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh the first is that uh wombats are marsupials um and that means they have pouches just like kangaroos but What's special about wombats is that their pouches are upside down because they burrow and um, uh, having the, the pouch be upside down means that when they dig, they don't get dirt into the pouch. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone's favorite wombat fact, uh, wombats poop in cubes. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, and so new listeners, in case you aren't aware of all of these wonderful wombat facts, now you, now you have them. Uh, the um, wombats have really hard butts. Like there's, there's like a, a level of like really strong cartilage um, on like just under their butts, uh, which is so that when they are running away from an enemy, they can run into their burrows. And in the event that they can't, they don't get all the way in, uh, in time, uh, a predator can try to bite them, but they won't get very far. Like they won't be able to latch on or anything because mm. they're not biting into muscle. They're biting into that cartilage, which doesn't really work. And so then the predator's like, you know, forget it. I'm out. Um, so yay. Wombats. Um, also wombats are vegan. They don't eat any bugs or anything like that. So, mm. uh, which I think is also kind of cool. Um, and they're mostly nocturnal. Uh, they burrow. I've mentioned that. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're pretty freaking cool. Um, you're really not supposed to have them as pets, but some people do, uh, in Australia. Mm-hmm. 
they're native to Australia. You can't really find them outside of Australia unless they're at like a zoo or something. Uh Um, I have tried multiple times to see if we can extradite one from Australia and bring it to the United States so that (laughs) I can have it as a pet for myself. Uh And I keep being told that that's against some sort of international law. Um, I'm just going to keep looking. I'm sure there's a loophole somewhere. Cool. So, yeah. Apropos <laughs> vegan, uh, I've been I've been watching this um, uh, documentary called What the Health on Netflix. And okay. It's I I would say it's it's like a vegan propaganda kind of a documentary. <laughs> it definitely okay. has that agenda, but it was incredibly informative and really made me understand some things about um and um animal products and eating animal based food and <clears throat> it actually i i'm actually currently making an effort to to eat much much less animal based food so you know because mm-hmm. because i was thinking about it i was like okay you know like putting milk in my coffee having butter on the bread and cheese mm-hmm. maybe in the morning then you have some kind of form of meat with carbs or something and vegetables in mm-hmm. at lunchtime and then in the evening maybe i would eat you know yogurt or something like that as it's like so much of it and it's not necessary for mm-hmm. the body at all to have that much of of animal products and um Animal products. What am I talking about? Animal-based food. What do you? What do you? What do you? Would you call it animal-based food? Right? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it's really and what happens is that you get all this uh, in your in your arteries. There's these uh, the proteins kind of coated, and then it's really hard for you to uh, for the blood to flow. I mean, we we know all this basically. It's not any mm. new information really, uh, but that is still that is that's literally true and 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 even you know this whole kind of paleo movement there they were saying in the documentary paleo is basically means like you eat a lot of meat uh, mm-hmm. good meat right like like from from like uh, yeah a lot of lean lean meats lean that are meats and, and from grass-fed yeah. cows and stuff like that. it has to be it has to be good it can't be full of toxins and stuff but some you know lots of good meat and and fats and and then you eat vegetables really and um and not much more and but and you lose a lot you, you lose a lot of weight and but you lose the weight because you're not eating as much calories um, mm. compared to eating meat with carbs and stuff and and you still get you know the the coating in your arteries and and it's at some point i mean they they're saying that at some point those people will just fall over <laughs> because, <laughs> because you know in the gym or something like that because it's just it just even though they're losing weight and they feel lighter and stuff like that it it still does that and so um I mean, I don't know. I'm sure this this documentary was uh, skewed towards towards you know plant based is best, um, mm-hmm. but but it doesn't it didn't make me feel like now I have to go vegan or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it's it really feels good to have vegan days, right? Mm-hmm. To me currently because I've been eating so much animal based food uh, during the last years. I, I kind of grew up eating a lot of vegetarian. Um, okay. food or you know my parents and 
and you know that that was that was eating much less meat uh, obviously obviously and uh, as a vegetarian um but but now also cutting out you know all the dairy and and eggs for a little bit and it just it really feels good it, it makes me feel healthy and also it actually also reduced cravings for me it reduced kind of you know uh eating lots of sweets and stuff like that it had somehow it has this correlation for me and it, just being mindful of that and and kind of reducing the consumption of meat to twice a week or something like that or mm. makes makes sense and it, it's not that what what this watching this documentary kind of um you know turned a switch over for me or something did something in my brain so that it made it easy for me kind of it must have also been kind of the time and me feeling like I'm, I'm i put on too much weight and stuff like that all this stuff coming together and it kind of made it happen in my brain so i could do this you know mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i feel like hey <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my dog is sleeping and dreaming right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think he wants me to stop talking. No, uh, <laughs> he can't hear you. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, that's hilarious. I laughed so hard that I woke him up. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I, I was I was not sure if it was you or for a moment there. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Anyway, what I wanted to say is that, uh, yeah, it, there was lots of interesting information in there. I definitely recommend it. And and it feels good to to cut out the animal products for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, no, that, that sounds cool. I'll have to check out the, the documentary. I like, mm. um, I like varying up, like, my food choices uh, on the regular. I don't like eating all the same thing every meal. Although... Mm -hmm. Some days I really wish that there was like the human equivalent of dog food because it would just be so great to not have to choose what to eat. Uh -huh. And I know that there's like, well, what's that thing called? Um, uh, Soylent. And I can't, I can't with the Soylent. That's like, that's not food. That's like a milkshake or something. And yeah. ugh, gross. Anyway, gross. Um, <laughs> are, are you familiar with Soylent? I've I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, it's a startup yeah. also, right? In yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, I I do like mixing up my food. I had a really awesome salad today, which happened to be vegan, actually. Um, nice. Just you know, by happenstance, I like vegetables. I like vegetables a lot. Vegetables. I remember meeting somebody who was vegetarian but didn't like vegetables, and I was just very confused. <laughs> very very confused. I was yeah, like, I what mean, do you? They eat they eat French fries and cheese, I guess. Yes, pizza. A lot of pizza, pizza, pizza and yeah. and pasta. And I was just like, that's not <laughs> that's healthy. Not healthy. <laughs> Might as well eat meat at that point. Might yeah, right. Like, come on. Uh, although I did learn the other day that Swedish fish and Oreo cookies are both vegan. So, you know. Oh. Swedish what? You, Swedish fish. fish? Um yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's like a red licorice, basically. Oh, oh I think okay. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting. Not everybody, you know, knows all the things I eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get it at, at Ikea, right? In Swedish fish. Oh, uh, okay. Sweet. Okay. No, um, yeah, but it, it, it. it's a candy. It's a candy. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, it's vegan. 
So there you go. Anyway, so on that wonderful <laughs> note, um, I think it's time to wrap up. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, let's keep the conversation going in our Slack channel. Uh, it's been a little quiet recently, but my guess is that's because everybody's so busy working. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been some really fun and cute uh, things in the happy channel. So if you're ever having a bad day, uh, there's a guaranteed channel for just silly things there. Um, you can join us on our Slack channel by visiting our show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio. That's right. And you can find us on Twitter at reactivepod. And uh, you can find Henning on Twitter as hgladagots. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, Khalil Tweets on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm Rockbot on Twitter. And you can reach all of us on Twitter at ReactivePod. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for today. And hopefully we'll chat again next week. Yes, that would be yes. great. <laughs> all right. Ooch. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.